This is AgriPulse Daybreak for Monday, July 11th. Brought to you by Edge Dairy Farmer Cooperative. Good morning. I'm Jeff Daly. Here's today's headlines. Seed exec says, document dicamba damage. House ag heading to key areas and tie test positive. Send us pics of dicamba damage. Seed company exec urges dicamba damage to soybeans, trees, ornamentals, and other plants is back again this season. And a leading seed developer is asking growers to send proof. Joe Mershman, president and CEO of Iowa-based MS Technologies, sent a message to growers on Friday asking them to send along photos of damage that can be shared with the press and the Environmental Protection Agency. On Mersham Seed's Cup of Joe podcast Saturday, Mersham said enlist three soybeans, which are resistant to 2,4-D, choline, glyphosate, and glufosidate, but not dicamba, are becoming the per- preferred trait for growers, and, quote, we're taking a heck of a beating, and we don't like it. Bayer, which developed the Extend Dicamba system, signaled an agreement with MS Technologies earlier this year to distribute E3 soybeans starting in 2023. In the podcast, Mersman said label changes haven't stemmed the damage. EPA, quote, is going to have a lot of pressure on it, and I think it's finally going to get put to bed this year. I mean, I just think something's going to change. House Ag stays on the road for vulnerable Democrats. Democrats facing tough re-election battles on the House Agriculture Committee, getting some help reaching out to rural voters. The House Ag Committee held a Farm Bill listening session last month in the District of Vulnerable Representative Tom O'Halloran, the Arizona Democrat, and just last week was in Fresno, California, for a session being led by Representative Jim Costa. Now the panel's majority has scheduled sessions for July 22nd at Washington State with Representative Kim Schreier and July 25th at Minnesota with Representative Angie Craig. Schreier and Craig's races are both rated toss-ups by the Cook Political Report with Amy Walter. O'Halloran's seat is rated as likely Republican. By the numbers, 4 in 10 non-visa farm workers unauthorized. Some 44% of farm workers who don't have H-2A visas are in the country illegally. That's according to Rural Migration News, citing a Labor Department survey of workers in 2019 and 2020. Some 36% of non-H-2A workers were unauthorized in 2017 and 2018. Take note, Half of the non-H-2A workers were in the country illegally two decades ago. About 70% of the current farm workers are foreign-born, that according to the data. We'll have more AgriPulse Daybreak after this. AgriPulse Daybreak is sponsored by Edge Dairy Farmer Cooperative, the third largest dairy cooperative in the country based on milk volume. Edge is a powerful advocate of Washington for farmers throughout the Midwest. Dairy farmers have always been leaders in caring for the environment, and they continue to lead in addressing changing climate conditions. Edge believes environmentally focused policies affecting agriculture should be guided by farmers, grounded in science, driven by the market, and sufficiently flexible to allow for innovation at the farm level. 
Welcome back to AgriPulse Daybreak. Ukraine grain exporters get new access to Danube River. Ukrainian grain exporters, desperate to get shipments out of the country, now have a new route through Romania, that according to consulting firm APK Inform. Repairs have finished at the Galati River port on the Danube, allowing trains full of Ukrainian grain to unload there without having to stop for inspection in Moldova. The Ukrainian grain that will quickly reach the port of Galati can be transferred more efficiently on barges or can be stored in silos at the port, which has a capacity of 25,000 metric tons, the firm quotes Romanian Minister of Transportation Soren Grindiato. Ukraine is still unable to export grain through its own Black Sea ports because of the Russian naval blockade, but it continues to export by sending the grain to Romania, transferring it to barges on the Danube, which then take the loads to Romanian Black Sea ports. U.S. aid commits $117 million in food aid to South Sudan. U.S. Agency for International Development said on Thursday it'll be sending $117 million worth of U.S. food commodities to war-torn South Sudan to try to help alleviate a hunger crisis. The donations are part of the Biden administration's plan announced April 27th to draw down the $282 million balance in the USDA's Bill Emerson Humanitarian Trust, an account used to buy U.S. commodities for food aid. With these funds, the U.S. government is supporting the U.N. World Food Program to provide food and nutrition assistance to more than one million crisis-affected people, including refugees and individuals facing malnutrition across South Sudan, U.S. aid said in a statement. The United Nations Food and Agriculture Organization says there's a record 11.7 million people in South Sudan facing acute hunger. That's about a quarter of the population and two million more people than last year. The USDA committed in the April announcement to use Commodity Credit Corporation funds to pay for transporting the BEHT commodities. STB orders Union Pacific to prioritize shipping to California farm. The Surface Transportation Board has directed the Union Pacific Railroad Company to prioritize shipments to two foster poultry farm facilities in California that say the railroad has not been shipping livestock feed to them on time. Both facilities, one located in Traver, the other in Turlock, ran out of corn supplies on June 17, had to cut off feed for dairy cattle. Union Pacific told the farm that it would deliver three of the company's expected shipments that weekend, but only one came in. Lance Fritz, Union Pacific CEO, acknowledged in a letter to the board that the company had, quote, failed to provide adequate service to the farm. The board, tasked with resolving rail disputes, issued an emergency service order calling for Union Pacific to fulfill its promise of restoring service to the farm and extended it on July 1. USTR tie positive for COVID. U.S. Trade Representative Catherine Tai says she tested positive for COVID Saturday. I'm fully vaccinated and boosted, isolating at home and following the advice of my doctor, she said in a tweet. I urge all Americans to get vaccinated and a booster if you are eligible. In a statement, USTR spokesperson Adam Hodge said Ty, quote, 
has not had recent close contact with the president or vice president. Here's today's He Said It. Insanity, as they say, is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. We're just not getting different results. That Joseph Mershman, president and CEO of Mershman Seeds, discussing dicamba damage on his company's podcast. Well, that's Daybreak for this Monday, July 11th, brought to you by Edge Dairy Farmer Cooperative. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak, I'm Jeff Dowling.